Welcome to episode 5 of the Beloved Podcast and Merry Christmas! The Beloved Ministry is inspired by chapter 7 verse 10 of the Song of Songs. I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. Our aim is to help women whatever their age or state of life to come to know their true identity as God's beloved. This episode focuses on the Gospel for the Feast of the Holy Family, celebrated on the first Sunday after Christmas. I'm joined by Jenny Lochner and Joe Casey, and we chat about the Holy Family, our own families, and waiting on God's promises. In this special and busy week, I invite you to find some time to join us as we talk, sing, and pray. A reading from the Gospel according to St Luke. When the day came for them to be purified, as laid down by the law of Moses, they took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, observing what stands written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male must be consecrated to the Lord, and also to offer in sacrifice in accordance with what is laid down in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves, or two young pigeons. Now in Jerusalem there was a man named Simeon. He was an upright and devout man. He looked forward to Israel's comforting and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had laid eyes on the Christ of the Lord. Prompted by the Spirit, he came to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for them what the law required, he took him into his arms and blessed God. And he said, Now, Master, you can let your servant go in peace, just as you promised. Because my eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared for all the nations to see, a light to enlighten the pagans and the glory of your people Israel. As the child's father and mother stood there wondering at the things that were being said about him, Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, You see this child? He is destined for the fall and for the rising of many in Israel, destined to be a sign that is rejected and a sword will pierce your own soul too, so that the secret thoughts of many may be laid bare. There was a prophetess also, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was well on in years. Her days of girlhood over, she had been married for seven years before becoming a widow. She was now 84 years old, and never left the temple, serving God night and day with fasting and prayer. She came by just at that moment and began to praise God, and she spoke of the child to all who looked forward to the deliverance of Jerusalem. When they had done everything the law of the Lord required, they went back to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. Meanwhile, The child grew to maturity, and he was filled with wisdom, and God's favour was with him. The Gospel of the Lord.
So welcome back to episode five of the Beloved Podcast. I am your host, Ipa Willis, and I'm joined again by Jenny Lochner. Hi, Jenny. Hello. And today we are joined by a very special guest, Joe Casey. Hi, Joe. Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> so would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about who you are? Yes, yes. So I'm, um, my name's Joe Casey. I'm a married um, mother of two children, Jack and Megan. Um, I've been involved with Zion and Beloved for many years now, since 2010. And I currently work as a dog groomer at home from a cabin in my garden. And that's me. Wow. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. So we've got uh, all the way to episode five. We are now in Christmas tide. So I also want to say happy Christmas to you both. Thank you. Happy Christmas. <laughs> and um, we've just read this uh, reading from, we've just heard this reading from Luke um, about uh, Jesus being raised in the traditions of his family, in the in the Jewish traditions. So uh, I wondered if there are any precious traditions that you've received from your biological, social or even your spiritual family that have helped you to grow in wisdom and in God's favour. So... Jenny, any thoughts? My first thought is I know nothing when it comes to growing in wisdom or faith. <laughs> necessarily. Um, but growing in faith, growing in relationship with the Lord, um, that maybe I can I can share a little bit about. Um, I remember when when I was very little, um, my mom would always say prayers with us at night before we went to sleep. You know, we were in our in our beds. And it was really simple prayers. It would be of the level of God bless mummy and God bless daddy and God bless granny and granddad. And I'm not even sure I understood what it meant for God to bless somebody at the time, but the routine and the habit were there right back at that stage. Um, you know, growing up, we'd go to church every Sunday and that was always a special day in our family. It had a different feel from other days in the week. Um, and so even now, I think that's um, an influence on on the way that I, I look for ways to make Sunday stand out. That's also something I've learned from my spiritual family. Some of my sisters, particularly in, in community, um, I noticed they would wear nice clothes and, and maybe wear makeup on a Sunday where even if they were just staying at home where they wouldn't necessarily bother during weekdays and I think that's become particularly um, important to me over the, the last year in times of lockdown yeah to, to find a way of still celebrating um, the Sabbath um, and just one other thing that occurred to me um, over the summer I, I had um, the joy of spending some time with a, a family just one afternoon in their garden and after dinner they they're in the routine of praying evening prayer as a family um, and that's not evening prayer of the church that's a really simple thing where each person is invited to pray out loud just three things um a please a thank you and a sorry um, <laughs> to god just just for that day yeah um and it was something that was that was really beautiful that everybody from the youngest child to the the oldest mm. grown up could find those three things mm. to say thank you sorry and mm. please and i think that's really that's really stayed with me as a as a thing to do at the end of my day yeah oh I like that that's really simple and, and like I think that like you said it could work at any age could yeah. yeah and and with uh people you know even if you don't um you have a lot in common but I, you, I'm sure we can all find um simply as a what is it, a please a thank you and a sorry I'm sure we could all find something like that in each day so that's really really nice mm. how about you Joe? Mm. Um, I was, I was, I've been thinking about this, and um, one thing that really struck me—I mean, from a, from my family point of view, obviously, um, you know, being brought up a Catholic, Sundays were always a special time, and the the main event of a Sunday was to go to mass. And my mum actually wasn't um, received into the church until I, I think I was about um, 
12 years old when my mum became a Catholic. So before then, she would be at home cooking the dinner. And I thought the only reason she didn't come to church was because she was cooking our dinner <laughs> all, my, all my early life. But my dad would take us to church. So that was always, you know, the, the big event on a Sunday. But um, since then as well, um, I'm, I've become very good friends with a Ugandan priest that comes over every mm. year um, to, to step in for another priest while he's on holiday. And um, he, he, he shared a lot of meals here in the house with us and my, me and my family. And one thing that always struck me is how he always gives thanks to God. Even when you give him a glass of water, he'll say a prayer. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not just grace before he, he eats his meal and he always leads that for us, but whatever he puts into his mouth, he always gives thanks to God first. And, you know, I'm not saying that we do that religiously, but when he's here, we really are reminded of the importance yeah. of giving thanks to God for everything that we have, which we can quite often forget to do, I think, because things come so easy to us here, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's something that I've sort of really yeah. thought of, thought of a lot lately. Yeah. When I was thinking about this, I was definitely thinking about, for my family, um, praising God in music has really always been very important. Uh, both my parents play uh, music in church um, in in folk groups and things and and it's it's been a really important way for us in terms of how we connect with holy time you know how we make it make a moment specialist yeah. through music um, and so I have to say that was something that I was really struggling with you know in terms of coming back to church in this sort of weird time of covid where we couldn't praise yeah, music uh, particularly easily or it was very restricted um, but actually it, it's challenged us and it's made us think of ways that we can get around it so we started um, uh, like in our own home recording different bits of music and then trying to mix them together into something and and you know it, it was gave us a chance to really think about how to be creative in that so yeah. I'm thanking God for the challenge and the blessing but also acknowledging that that is something that's been a real blessing throughout my whole life that that feeling of music mm. um and that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy Beloved is because of all of the wonderful music that's always involved in a Beloved weekend and happily we've been able to include that in the podcasts as well yeah yeah it, it really strikes me just in just in thinking about what what we've all shared how looking back at our memories how they're grounded in in our mm. senses you know in what we mm. what we taste or what we remember hearing or the, yeah. the way that we worship um yeah. the just the what we wear what we what we do the the very practical things and how how those things are are really forming of habit and memory um really sensory really grounded experiences yeah um and i think that's yeah that's really important okay so We've talked, we've all of us talked about family and I know that, um, you know, for different people, family can be, uh, can mean lots of different things, but whatever family means for you, in some ways, our families could be some of the hardest people to share our faith with in some ways. Um, mm. So I wondered whether, Joe, you had any tips or things that work for you in terms of being able to share your faith with family members yeah so um um so i've i've been giving this a lot of thought um about family because uh recently um something's happened in my own family when my father was very unwell and so i'm just going to share a bit of mm. that um journey um so so looking back i feel i've i've often in a quest to draw my family closer to god sometimes turned them further away mm. which i think sometimes we can do that i am a, a communicator and I enjoy communicating my faith to others. But very often, I found those closest to us can sometimes be the hardest to evangelise to. And often the breakthrough may come from outside of the family. But the Lord has shown me and taught me so much through the love of my earthly father. And during a talk on a beloved retreat that focused on the father's love, the Lord showed me that I had to be healed before any healing of this relationship could could take place I had to have forgiveness and love in my heart with any without any feelings of anger or frustration that can often creep into emotional relationships mm. so the Lord the Lord gave me an overwhelming love for my father 
and showed me that day what a gift he is to me and that he had been gifted by him. And in that moment, he blessed us both and our relationship in a new and powerful way. And we now share a spiritual closeness that comes only from our Heavenly Father. Um, and so on that day, I wrote two letters, one to my earthly father, thanking him for the gift that he is to me and my family, and one to my heavenly father, thanking him for <laughs> gifting my dad to me. And I, I learned through, through this that I had to learn to allow others to walk their own walk. And that can be really mm -hmm. hard sometimes, especially when we're fired up and we, you know, you know, my, my sort of... Um, um, my sort of intense spiritual journey started around the age of 19 and and I, I used to come home all fired up and speak to my family about what I was witnessing um, and of course you know they they couldn't always they weren't really on the same page at that time yeah. and it was frustrating you know it was frustrating but yeah. I had to learn to allow them to walk their own walk and not not expect them to totally understand where I was coming from you know yeah but um the Lord also showed me how in my own frailty, frailty and eagerness to impress that I was sometimes blocking the opportunity of spiritual growth. Mm. And I was encouraging sometimes a spirit of annoyance to enter into some of my <laughs> relationships. So I was preventing the very thing that I desired to happen because my desire wasn't coming from a spiritual place to begin with, you know? Yeah. yeah. But my, my father, my dad became very seriously ill shortly after this and, you know all of this happened and I look back now and I see that our healing was all part of God's plan and that since since that we've been able to share and pray together and we're completely in tune with one another and it's been such a blessing to our relationship and my heart is so full of love for him and our relationship is completely healed and continues to grow so I really thank God for that but you know it had to be done in the right way you know god yeah. really showed me that day in beloved that i had to be healed and i had to come to that understanding before he could before i could sort of allow god to come mm -hmm. in and let that relationship flourish you know yeah oh thank you for yeah. sharing that joe i think i i think i totally identify with a lot of what you're saying about that you know when you want to share this really amazing thing that we have in our faith and you, you kind of end up pushing so hard for yeah. it that you end up pushing people away people away yeah um yeah. yeah so I think I what I've come back to over the years is I, I was um there's a line isn't there from uh, one Peter uh where it says like I think it's in chapter three it says like just proclaim God with all with your heart and always have your answer ready for yeah for explaining why you've got this joy in your heart and I think for me yeah. that's been the real watchword is it's not pushing it but but just making it obvious through the way that I live my life about how how much uh, my faith means to me and then being ready to explain yeah. that when people ask the questions I don't know how about you Jenny yeah I think I'm totally I'm totally with with you both and I think I thank you so much for sharing that Joe that's a that's a really beautiful experience that you've you've had with your dad I think yeah. you're absolutely right it can be so hard with family because sometimes the stakes can can feel really high yeah. you know yeah. if we um if we push too hard and we alienate somebody or um you know we we have all sorts of ideas of how how things could go wrong or how we could mess it up yeah. Um, and I think sometimes um, for me, more than um, pushing things on people, it might tend to shut me down and I might tend to be a bit more hesitant to share with family mm. than than I otherwise would. Yeah. Um, I'm really blessed that my immediate family, most of my immediate family is um, is, is Christian, has faith already. Um, but I know that that would be that would be a temptation for me. Um I think it's really important, isn't it? As you both said, when we share things with with people, to allow them space to discover yeah. for themselves, and or to disagree with us, mm, you know, to have yeah. their own perspectives and experiences and struggles with things. Um, I think for me, it's about being honest. Um, mm. Family members, you know, people who are close to me in my life, um, 
will know more than anyone else when I'm not being sincere or I'm glossing over something that is yeah. a struggle for me or you know if if I'm being in any way hypocritical they, they're much more likely to know about it than people I just kind of pass on the street or see over a weekend um, yeah. and so I think it's about it's about honesty and integrity um, maybe just sharing simply you know yeah. what, what God has done you know in in a in a little prayer that I made today not giving up um and inviting people to come and see I remember growing up um my brother and my sister and I encountered faith in a in a way that came alive for us in our teens my brother was a little bit younger maybe um but we were largely in our teens and um we were able to to go to a summer camp um that run by the Zion community where we encountered faith um, in a new way and it came alive for us and somebody in our family was so kind of struck by the the change in us that having got over it and decided that you know it wasn't a problem that we were happy in, you know, <laughs> that actually this was a good thing um, <laughs> that it opened her up to um, faith and and over time we were able to invite her to a few events and and she would always point back to that time as as the time when her faith was was brought alive she'd always she'd always had a faith she'd always been a catholic but but it again came alive for her in a particular way then and and it was that come and see it was that come and yeah. come and be with us in this experience rather than let let me tell you what i know yeah. let me tell you what yeah. the church says or let me argue it or let me defend something it was just you know this has blessed us you know yeah. this has given us joy yeah. come come be with us on the journey yeah um yeah. and i and 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 in that i think the the most crucial thing that 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 i've i say i've learned i'm trying to learn every day um is to pray you know yeah. just to pray that i will be open to see the opportunities to share my faith when they appear but also to know when the time is right to stay silent yeah um yeah. and just to just to pray for, for people yeah. i really love what you, you said joe about um, how how your dad is gifted to you and I think the people yeah. in our lives um, are given as gifts to us mm. so yep. you know how is my sharing my faith with them going to honor them and honor the gift that they are and um, and, and and help that help that gift to grow kind of between us does that make sense it's kind yeah. of yeah. going to be the most loving thing um, for them in in that moment and and I'm, I haven't always got that right by a long chalk um but yeah I think as ever prayer is the key at the bottom of it all absolutely yeah absolutely definitely okay um in the in the gospel that we've heard we hear about how uh promises were made over the infant Jesus that obviously took well at least about 30 years to come to fruition (laughs) um and Anna and Simeon had both waited faithfully for years to see God's promises fulfilled so my next question is really how do you fare at trusting God's promises even when they seem to take a long time Jenny do you want to go first on this (laughs) (laughs) I can go first um you know sometimes I struggle you know to to even remember God's promises especially in the (laughs) of stormy times I need to remind myself what his promises are so that I can choose to trust in them and I need to have others remind me of his promises sometimes by Mm. sometimes by telling me you know this is what God has promised you you know reminding me of what God's promises are or sometimes by sharing their stories with me so I can see how God has been faithful to the promises Mm. he's made to them yeah um and I'm not going to say any more if uh, you, I know, um, have uh, have a, a testimony about this, a story about this. Um, and I heard it first a long time ago. Um, and I want you to tell your story again. <laughs> OK, well, fair enough. Um, so I suppose in, in terms of the main uh, example that I know that you're hinting at, Jenny, is about how... Subtly. Uh, <laughs> very subtle. Um so when I met my husband uh, many years ago and we first started dating and uh, he he was not um, Catholic, uh, he'd been baptised but uh, not really grown up with an active faith, his family didn't you know, go to church other than Christmas Day uh, and that sort of thing and um, so it had been a real 
it had been a question for me about is this the right person to for me to be with given that he doesn't share my faith which was very very important to me still is very important to me um but uh I was uh, praying about it on one occasion and um it was actually at an event where we were doing a sort of 24 hours of prayer thing and I was on the night shift of prayer so for a few days we were I was staying up all night praying and we were taking sort of little naps in the middle of the night and had this vision uh this dream of the two of us me and my husband um although it was on my husband at the time praying together and uh, I woke up and I was like, oh, wow, that would be awesome. And I went back to the to the chapel and joined the others in, in our prayer vigil and mentioned this. And uh, the person that I was with said that was a that was a vision. That wasn't just a random dream. That was that was something that God's promising you in the future. And I was like, oh, that's very exciting. <laughs> so um, <laughs> but it took a long time to come to fruition so um you know not not the sort of 80 years that we we're talking about with Anna praise Jesus it didn't take that long but um uh for for a long time uh Jim has always been very very respectful of my faith um he he always uh, respected and wanted to allow me uh to to practice my faith and and never got in the way but it just wasn't something that he'd shared himself um and uh i and on another occasion someone was praying with me and i was wondering about this and and what they said to me was uh, god doesn't want you to have a catholic boyfriend he he's going to give you a catholic husband and i at the time i thought well that's a bit weird like how's that going to work <laughs> um surely they go in a sequence <laughs> but um, i sort of i held on to these these two sort of words the the word and the the image that I'd been given over the years and I thought oh maybe you know maybe after we're married maybe that will be uh, you know at that point maybe you know because during the marriage process we've had lots of conversations with the priest maybe that will be the time when he comes to faith and and praying about it all the time and then when we had children I thought about you know relation the experience of being a father and thinking about fatherhood and father's love and maybe that'll be the moment when when Jim finds his faith um we had children and it uh, it was lovely and you know our, our children were baptized and we we agreed that we were going to raise them in the faith but still it wasn't quite for him um and then uh, a couple of years ago, uh, his work changed. So previously, he'd always been working uh, overnight on a Saturday night and into Sunday morning. So he'd never been awake, really, on a Sunday morning. Um, but his work changed. And so he was able to be around and awake on a Sunday morning. And he started coming to church with us because as a family, he, he wanted to support us in our faith. Um, and so he started regularly coming to church on a Sunday morning. And after mass, we'd have these little conversations about what happened in the sermon and what he liked and what he didn't like. And I was sort of thinking, oh, maybe there's something coming here. And then on one occasion at church, the deacon announced at the end of church that we're going to start uh, uh, RCIA. Um, I always get those in the wrong order. I think I've got it right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you have... in a couple of weeks and if you're yeah. interested in finding more about the Catholic faith and possibly thinking about becoming a Catholic then come and have a word with me and I sort of uh, held my breath and thought oh maybe 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 not but no, probably not because I've been waiting 16 years 17 oh 17 years or whatever it is and um, it's not happened yet so why would it happen today and then just as we were uh, at, at the end of church uh, Jim went out um, into the porch of the church before me and as I came past I saw that he was having a conversation with the deacon and I sort of did a little jump for joy oh. as I <laughs> yeah and so How brilliant. Um, he did he joined uh, the course and went through uh, the whole thing and and the following Easter he became a Catholic and yeah it was a Amazing. real moment of promises fulfilled um yeah 
so yeah. that's my little story <laughs> that's I love that that's story you know, I'm never tired yeah. of hearing that story yeah. thank you for that I'm just <laughs> the biggest beam on my face so and and I think it, it totally relates to what we were talking about before as well because all the times when I sort of tried to convince him that wasn't going to do it it just yeah. it had to happen in God's time and and to trust in that promise exactly mm. uh, and one thing that I, I've um I, I've discovered is that when when then when you're speaking to someone that is exactly on that same page and has come to God themselves in their own time you, you share such a mm. deep understanding don't you you've you you really get what mm. each other are saying you know it's, yeah it's, it's very absolutely. special absolutely yeah. how about you joe any any stories yeah. about yeah well I, I i was thinking about it and i just you know i i totally trust in god's timing um and i've learned through my life and i've witnessed the blessings that come from that having that patience and waiting on the lord I, i'm you know i'm not saying it's easy but but I found that the fruit and the yeah. blessings that come are worth yeah. the wait, really. Um, and, it, and it's during during those waiting times that in my life that I've really felt the Lord working on yeah. me, you know. Um, and that staying, when I stay close to God during these times, those waiting times, he gives us the ability to, to, to do it. And if we move away, it, bec- it can become so much harder. And that's when we can lose our faith in God. So I just... You know, I try to sort of stay close to it. I know it's not, it's not easy and, it, you know, it's, there's times when, you know, it can be really difficult to do. But I just find that the closer we can stay to him, yeah. the, the easier yeah. it is. Okay, my, my last question this week yeah. then is about Christmas because we're in that season. Um, yay! <laughs> and, but I suppose Christmas can seem like another world, can't it? Like it's entirely separate from normal life uh, during Christmas. You, like days of the week aren't the yeah. same. And um, but also, I think uh, in my experience, anyway, when when we go on retreat, it feels like an entirely different world as well. Um, so, yeah, how good are you? Good at living Christmas every day and like sort of carrying that Christmas into normal life. How how can how can we do that, Joe? Mm. Um, well, I <laughs> I don't think we can. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I, I I don't think we can really because I think you yeah. know there's a time for everything, and I don't think we could. I don't think we could live each day out like like that. Um, you know, I was thinking when when I leave beloved retreats or when I go to New Dawn, places like that or other retreats, at, the further away we get from that retreat mm. physically of that event, the more of the world we feel we're letting in. You know, I like when yeah. I'm on the train going home, the further away I get from from Brentwood, the more, I, you know, I think, oh, the more of the world you're sort of letting in. But, you know, we are in the yeah. world and we're of the world, aren't we? You know, and that world is constantly bombarding us and trying to pull us away from that Jesus mm-hmm. who's quietly knocking on the door, you know, it, it, you know, but we've got a place here and a reason to be here and we've got a job to do. So I, I feel like um, we can't really live Christmas every day, but, but that relationship is the most important and valuable gift we have and sharing our faith and building up each other is so important. And that this helps us to grow and learn from each other. And I think that's why, Zion and beloved and mm. retreats and that are so important because it's the fellowship that you have with each other, um, especially like when you're like like we have been with all women in prayer and women yeah. together. That's it's so powerful. One thing that I remember is on a very early beloved on one of the um, masses where the priest was the the only man in the room, and I think he he made a comment sort of about how. Mm powerful he felt being in this room with you know that he felt the power of all these women being together singing together and praising together you know but I don't really think the Lord would want us to live each day like Christmas I think we grow through our trials Mm -hmm. and we come close to him through our vulnerabilities you know and um yeah yeah and especially this year like I like I just shared my that testimony earlier I've learned this year the great love of my heavenly and my earthly father's 
but I had to be brought low first for that to happen. So it's it's those being brought low times that we really grow, don't we? And we come close yeah. to God then, you know. I think if we're on a high all the time, sometimes I don't think well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because there's one other thing I just wanted to say quickly, because um, I've, I've been thinking about this. And um, um, I find the fallow times hardest of all so the times when we we may feel neither lost nor found yeah. but we're just simply being you know sometimes I feel I'd rather sort of be <laughs> in the desert than there sometimes you know it's they're the hardest yeah. times I feel those fallow times but we've got a journey the good times and the hard yeah. times haven't we and learn from yeah, both because yeah. that's what life's yeah. all about so yeah I'm completely with <laughs> <you>, Joe. <laughs> um, good I, you know I just think I, I love Christmas. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I love Christmas. Um, but when I think about living Christmas as, a, as, a, as an experience every day, as a kind of, the, just the rigmarole of Christmas, I, I think it's too expensive. Yeah. You know, there's definitely too much food. <laughs> there's rarely enough beds in my house. You know, it's, it's yeah. too intense. This, this Christmas a bit different maybe but um but when I think about you know what what is the quality of Christmas and I think yeah. you're absolutely right it's about Jesus with us and, and prioritizing that relationship you know actually at Christmas yeah. what we're celebrating is is God made flesh God with us um and yeah. God with us Jesus not just not just the infant in the manger not just baby Jesus and isn't it lovely and twee but actually, you know, as we've been reflecting this evening, Jesus, the child growing up and asking mm. questions and struggling and Jesus, the adult yeah. sharing his relationship with the father, with with the disciples and with the people that he met. And, you know, Jesus suffering um, and Jesus, Jesus giving his life for us on the cross and then ultimately the resurrection. And actually, that's Christmas. Mm. That is what we're going yeah. to live today, isn't it? And. And for yeah. me, then there's questions around, you know, where am I going to encounter Jesus, whichever, whichever phase of Jesus' life or my life, where am I going to encounter that every day? Um, and, yeah. and the other thing that occurs to me around Christmas is, is the joy, you know, the joy that is related often to mm -hmm. Christmas, not always, but often, you know, being open to those moments of joy. And, yeah. and also the invitation, and this is something I've been pondering um, over the last few months I haven't I'm, I'm definitely I'm not there it's just something that's pon pondering about in the back of my head but the invitation to live generously you know often Christmas is a time where we think explicitly about giving and receiving mm. and you know, that can get caught up in in gifts and in finances and and in a kind of very um, commercial sense but actually what does what does it mean to live generously um, you know, what does yeah. it mean to have a spirit of generosity, um, some a, a spirit that's 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 life giving, that is giving life to others, and and I guess that's just something that I'm, as I say, I'm, I've been pondering and wondering how that how that could help me to live this this Christmas season, this this Christmas um, spirit, you know, more through the year, yeah. what whatever the yeah. the season of my life I, I like what you said Joe about the fallow times and not being either lost or found you know it's, it's easy to yeah. find God sometimes in those those high places whether it's Christmas or retreats those times when we when we come away and we're set apart and it's a a, a particular time or a particular place but actually finding yeah. finding those moments of encounter in you know the ordinary everyday apparently fallow times yeah where god is really busy in us and yeah. we're just bumbling along yeah yeah i love yeah. that um that sort of metaphor of, of the fallow times i was thinking about like what's happening in a field when it's fallow is that the soil is healing um you know the things are being restored yeah. that it's being enriched ready for the next stage and i think uh like you were saying yeah. jenny there's a lot going on we might it might feel fallow it might from from above ground it looks like nothing much is happening but actually a lot of work is happening a lot of healing and a lot of goodness is being restored yeah. in those times 
And I think that's really important yeah. to hold on to, especially in these days after Christmas, that can feel a bit of an anti-climax mm. sometimes. You know, we can have a real down yeah. after um a, a, after a high, after a few days of, of celebration. And and you know, just to be aware that that's that's okay. You know, that's that's part of the yeah part of the cycle of things and that actually God is in those times just as much as as the the, the mountaintops and the yeah the moment yeah do you know though I, and I was just going to say this because there could be other women listening that feel like this as well I I sometimes quite often I feel furthest away from the Lord during those highlights of the church calendar like Easter mm. and Christmas it's really weird I think because maybe because um you know, I'm often invo- I'm mm. often heavily involved with things in the church, so and I find then, you know, say on Christmas Day it comes to the Eucharist, and I think <laughs> I don't know if it's Christmas Day, you know, you suddenly sort of think, you know, all I've been almost too busy yeah. to remember about it, you know, and yeah. I, I sometimes find my personal experience of the Lord often come mm. during the quiet times in the church calendar, so not the 25th of December, but like <laughs> the, the 25th of August, or you know, <laughs> yeah, just the ordinary yeah. times. That's when I feel feel closest. Yeah. So, yeah, it so is. it's funny, isn't it? Sometimes Absolutely. it works both ways. Oh, well, thank you so much for speaking to yeah. me today, ladies, and taking time out. Um, yeah, you're you. welcome. It's been lovely. Fab. Yeah, really lovely. Now we're going to turn to prayer as Alice and Fran lead us in singing When You Walk Into The Room. As always, I invite you to sing along if you know it, or to let our voices carry you into praise. Then Kasha will pray for you.
Lord, Father God, I thank you and I praise you. I thank you for this moment of grace, this moment of encounter with you. I thank you for the life of my sister. I thank you for all the blessings you lavish upon her. I thank you that you gave yourself to her, that you are God who is with her right now and every moment of her life. I thank you, Father, that you are good, that you are loving, caring, tender, gentle. Father, I thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, fully God and fully human. I thank you that he came to show the sister of mine the face of God the Father, your face, your heart. Father, I pray that she always knows that you are on her side every moment of her life you are on her side at her side and that your love is stronger than death your light and shine in the moments of greatest darkness in the darkness of her struggles difficulties worries fears and anxiety that your light there with her to guide her to carry her to embrace her to love her to forgive her to receive her to be with but I pray that she may have the grace of being able to receive your love today just today I thank you and I praise you you are good Father you are good Father you are good and in this truth we rest and we trust. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have found the podcast helpful, please consider sharing it with your family, biological, social or spiritual. If you subscribe to the podcast, you'll be notified of each new episode. Perhaps you might like to rate or review us. This helps other people to find the podcast. Take a look at the notes for this episode, where you'll find journaling prompts and links to our Facebook group. 
there's also a link to the Zion Community website, where you can check out all of the work of the community, and there's the facility to make a donation to support this work. Thank you to everyone who's contributed to this episode, including Jim, Andy, Alice, Sean, Fran, Kasha, and my guests, Jenny and Joe. I pray whatever your Christmas looks like this year, you find a way to draw close to Emmanuel, God with us. <laughs>